Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Nothing like uh, when Mark Zumoff walks through the content room after a Sixers game and just says, hey, everybody, just so casually, like he didn't just call what we were watching. Right. Yeah, he's so uh, uh, down to earth. Uh, he's my, it's my favorite thing about Mark, one of his favorite things is when you say, like, good to see you. Good to be seen, brother. Right. There we go. Uh, a a, a <laughs> Zumoff-ism that yeah. not many people know about. Yeah, uh, welcome to one. Sixers Talk Podcast. Danny Pommels and Paul Hudrick, as always, rocking with you. We're brought to you by Wilmington University. Wilm U Works, uh, our esteemed producer, Ben Barry, in the cut as usual. And Tom Finer, uh, one of our managers here in, in, in the presence of all of us here um, <laughs> with a smug, uh, no, maybe I'm not a We're manager. surrounded by management. Look at it. Um, we are surrounded by uh, Tobias Harris. Crunch time, Tobias Harris. Here he comes to save the day. Um, man, I, I think we were, was it during the game we were texting? Oh, yeah, it was during the game because Ben Barry, as always, is anti-Tobias. He's a hater. But Tobias gave you the three, the mid-range, and the floater. Yo, that floater. The, that root beer float was, was pretty. Of, he had two. I mean, the one that was the dagger, and he hit one earlier. And he yeah. Two. I need more. That's. I love that shot. Hey, bro. It's so uh, tough to defend. Shout out to uh, uh, Brian Brennan, our Sixers pre and post game producer, who tweeted earlier in the day that wouldn't you love to see mm-hmm. Tobias Harris take over a game and score 35 points in Joel Embiid's absence? And lo and behold, here comes Tobias taking over a game down the stretch for 34. I think he finished 34, with 34. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's just one of those things, man, where you get a little bit, you want a lot. You know what I mean? So you, you see Tobias do that. You kind of want to see it all the time, particularly when they need him, particularly after they melt down, down the stretch against Indiana. But here they come. They show up at home, 19-2 and two at home. Big surprise. And the Sixers deliver a, a victory. And, you know, I wouldn't call it much needed. They had lost six of eight coming in, um, two in a row. But I, I think, you know, I did a little math. They were 15 of 70 from three in those two games. It's not good. 15 of 70. It's not great. Last night, they were 11 of 30, just over the NBA average, which is all we're asking for. And they got um, off to a bad start. And they got off yeah. to an awful start, but there's some hot shooting down the stretch, particularly from Furkan Korkmaz, yeah. um, which... A couple of huge ones in the fourth. And I think that's the thing, is getting buckets from places you don't expect are the pedigree of winning teams. You know what I mean? I mean, you can go all the way back to, you know, uh, whatever team, you know, maybe the Cavaliers when they were good with LeBron. There will always be a guy who, like, stepped up and had some buckets for the team to push them over the top when you least expect it or what have you. Um, When you look at the 76ers, we all know that they're a piece away. Uh, Joel Embiid uh, penning the Players' Tribune article that he wants to win a bleeping championship. If you haven't read it, uh, worth checking out after you check out Paul Hudrick's stuff on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. But um, 
what's the the mood of the team right now with Joel out, Tobias Harris coming through? You were in the uh, with the guys afterward. You'll be going to practice today. What, what do you think the mood is that, with the team? They needed this win, but still, it's not a lot more left to do. We just crossed the halfway point of the year. What, what do you think the vibe is with the squad? You said the the word much needed. I actually think it was kind of much needed, mm-hmm. not necessarily in the in the context of like the season and like oh like a must win game, but I think for their their psyche a little bit. I think they just needed to like get recharged a little bit, re- reboot. Home a great place batteries. to do that. Yeah, and it's just they they it's so funny because I'm you know watching the game courtside uh, with Noah Levick who does such a great job for us. So I'm gonna shout him out every. Oh, she should. Yeah. But um, I'm sitting there. It's the third quarter. They're down like six, like midway through. They had been down for most of the game. I lean over to Noah. I said they're gonna win this game because they're at home. I didn't if feel that were, though. If they were on the road, I would have said they're gonna lose. But it's just something about, and I said, and it's funny because this team is so predictable. I predicted exactly how it was going to happen. I said, what's going to happen is, last they're going to get just enough offense. Last five minutes, they're just going to clamp them down, and that's exactly what happened because that's just what they do, and it's what they do at home, especially for whatever reason that that like defensive whatever it is just doesn't always show up down the stretch on the road. I don't know what it is. And then their offense obviously has been like that Indiana game. Their offense on the stretch was horrendous, Uh, but they did have elite. You know they. Josh was great in that Indiana game, but no one else kind of followed his lead. And then, you know, last night, Tobias had a big fourth. Like you said, Furcon Corkmus comes in. It's two huge threes. That one passed by Ben, though. Oh, my god! Yeah, goodness. I mean, corner? yeah. That's that's special. One-handed whip pass to Furcon. between, like, three defenders. There was, like, no margin for error on that pass. That was an unbelievable play. But just a lot of... A lot of big plays. The offense at least moved down the stretch. They had that one bad possession where Tobias bailed them out with that crazy three. Yeah. But other than that, pretty good. You know, Tobias running some pick and roll. Uh, I think think they're finding some things in their offense. And it's funny because, you know, Kenny Atkinson, who's who's the Nets head coach, who I think is actually a pretty damn good coach, he talked pregame, and he said he's like, you can't expect the Sixers to just turn – like." They lost Jimmy Butler and J.J. Redick. And he's like, I can't believe that. Like, how hard that must be for a coach to have to deal with losing two guys like that and then trying to play. Like, and, you know, he knows Al Horford from, from, from um, his previous uh, stops. But to integrate Al Horford into that and to have a Josh, Josh Richardson, like to have all these new pieces to fit around Ben and Joe and just completely change the dynamic of the team. He's like, I'm surprised they're not like bottom third in the league in mm-hmm. offensive range. He's like, they're mid-pack, which is pretty good, all things considered. So just a little perspective from like another, from an outside opinion who obviously follows the team from afar. Um, and we chronicled a bit of that topsy-turvy nature of the Sixers roster in our last podcast, talking about the absence of Josh and Al and Ben and Joel and on down the line. Um, it's funny you say that because I felt like it was a classic, they'll give it up down the stretch game. And until they made the baskets, I didn't quite have the confidence that they would get over the top. And I think, you know, we talked about the nature of the roster being, you know, in a bit of flux, but it it takes a little convincing for me to be understanding that they fixed their identity issues, that they oh, are no, going to shoot it. I, I, I know they didn't fix anything, yeah. but, you know, I just, my confidence was not there. I didn't feel like, oh, yeah, well, I feel the momentum going their way. I just felt like it was a classic, like Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, and one. He got that big uh, continuation uh, in the paint 
Uh, no, that that was uh, Torian Prince, I think, um, where he walked. Yes, where he walked. Well, it was a very whistle happy second half, man. <laughs> yeah, and both sides. I mean, the, the, both sides just very whistle happy. It's just some of the times, especially you know, you know, we're laymen, so to speak, when it comes to NBA world. Neither of us played in the league. Neither of us played in college or coached or to that level. But it's just so enjoyable when you're in the content room watching the game and you hear Coach Lineham yapping about the same things you think are like going wrong like yeah that's right coach exactly like yeah we're on the same page but um you know it's just the aggression of tobias harris man it's just something that we call for for so long and you know making that comparison between his role as the clipper and what he's doing here with the 76ers it was just refreshing to see um on top of you know ben simmons Quasi aggression because for the second game in a row, you, you want to make a point about Tobias before I, I get into yeah, Ben. So, so, just with Tobias, I just have a question, a little hypothetical thing I want to throw your way. Yeah. Is Jason Tatum an all star? Uh, yeah, I, I think he'll probably get in. Is Tobias Harris an all star? I would say no. Why? Um, Tobias has are their numbers that similar? Their is that numbers what you say? are incredibly are they that close? similar. I feel Jason like you're backing me into a corner. Averaging two more points a game, but he's also taking like three more shots a game. But their numbers, their rebounding numbers, assist numbers, their what they're shooting from three. Tobias is shooting like five percentage points higher from the field overall. So I'm just saying, like, and I'm not listen. You know, it's a popularity and Jason, thing. Yeah. It, it is. And Jason Tatum is younger. That's a fair thing to point out. So he's still, you know, he's still theoretically an ascending player whereas Tobias to an extent maybe is what he is at 27 but the point is they're pretty damn comparable Mm -hmm. so uh, you know uh, I'm just and also like Tobias has been sturdy uh, durable he's played every game Uh, he's just but but, uh, it's like to your point it is a popularity contest that is a totally fair thing to point out but I'm just saying if Jason Tatum's bringing his son and all the press conferences it endears him to people I hear you but I'm just saying you said without hesitation yeah Jason Tatum's an all-star and then Tobias nah not so I'm just saying it's a lot maybe not maybe neither of them gets in but it's a lot closer of a comparison I think than people think yeah I think that's fair I just feel like you know we tend to latch on to the underdog thing and with the Celtics being a team you didn't expect to be hovering around that 50-win mark and the Sixers being front runners, the, the expectations are, are different. And Tatum, Tatum seems – yeah, money, right. And Tatum seems like, oh, yeah, he's working his butt off for a team that shouldn't be this good. And Tobias is like, well, he should be playing more dominant for a team that should be in the second place in the East or something like that. But don't like that. you think that similar conversations are happening in Boston about Jason Tatum that are here happening about Tobias Harris? Because I see a lot, what a lot of people talk about with the Celtics in general is that they can't finish at the rim. Mm-hmm. And you see it when they play the Sixers. They struggle mightily to get anything, to get clean looks against the Sixers. So don't you think some of those conversations happen up there in Boston where they're saying, ah, you know, Jason Tatum... You know, he scored 41 points against the Pelicans, but then didn't do anything against the Sixers the game before. I, I so think that's think some of the super same fair. Super fair. I think that they spread it more evenly over the Jalen Brown, you know, guys of the same Gordon ilk. Gordon so, you know, worried about Kemba's defense. Right. So, I, whereas for the Sixers, it's like Ben, Joel, and then this other guy who makes buku bucks, who is Tobias Harris. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, I think that is how a lot of people see it. I agree. Um, and I think on top of that, 
when you look at the Ben Simmons thing, which is like what I was trying to step into before you made your great point, is that, man, like it comes the fourth quarter and like Ben disappears for the second game in a row or maybe third game in a row. Um, but at the same time, he the doesn't. One game he didn't show up in the entire season. Right. Yeah, second half. So, but, you know, I think he had five in the third quarter, zero in the fourth. And that that's just so glaring to me as something that the team kind of has to carry him through late in the game. Um, like you said, he's, he's had the beautiful pass to Furkan. Uh, he's definitely engaged, but, like, it goes back to a point I made in the past. Like, he doesn't always make the best basketball play because sometimes the best basketball play is to score the basketball or to, you know, harp on that mismatch when, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie is trying to guard you in the post or... That's what killed me last night. It's like people yelling at him. Like, he had the ball on the perimeter and, like, he's like... Obviously, it was, I think Kyrie was actually guarding him and he tons of space and people yelling, shoot. My, my God, no, if he not, takes a three no. with Kyrie Irving guarding him, he should be then that people talk about right. benching him. He be bench <laughs> if you do that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's time for him to use that frame and size and uh, take advantage of Kyrie. Um, are, are you bothered by the fourth quarter performances? Because it seems to be something that people are definitely chiming in a lot on social platforms, radio, when you bump into him in public um, about then fourth quarter. Uh, coming through, you might be surprised by this take. Let me hear it. But I, I think it's, I you think know, it's pretty measured. I you, think it's, I think like it's yes and no. <laughs> you yes and no. So explain. Yes and no. So before the game, pregame, Brett Brown took a little. He took a little bit of it on, on himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Indiana, he's like, listen, Josh. Josh scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. He was cooking. Like we were running everything through Josh. Mm-hmm. So. You can't like so Ben didn't score like it's just that wasn't where the ball was going the offense wasn't running around Ben um, so then when you watch the fourth quarter yesterday obviously through three quarters I mean really halftime he was like he was tremendous um, as you said one thing I've noticed too that he's been doing really well lately yeah. is instead of that space instead of using that space to shoot he's eating that space. And then just making one move and getting to the rim. And I think that's something he's found. You had to give the other team a little credit at times, too. Like, he scored 20-something points through three quarters. So the Nets were saying, okay, we're not going to let this keep happening. They did go to the zone late as well. They did go to the – that was only for like a couple of possessions, yeah. I think. But, but in general, Jared Allen, stay at the rim. Mm-hmm. Don't come out. Let him come to you. And they're packing the paint. They were Ben Simmons scored twenty something points. They weren't going to let him keep doing it. They were saying, "All right, that, similar to what they do with Joel when Joel doesn't score for stretches of the game. Like, all right, we're not going to let Joel beat us. Someone else beat us. Go ahead, Tobias Harris. Go ahead, Josh Richardson. Go ahead, Al Horford. You beat us. You look in that fourth quarter. Furkan hit two huge threes. Tobias Harris cooked down the stretch. They found Al Horford for that one huge duck in because they had Jared Allen on Ben." Al Horford had Torian Prince on him. So you duck it to, De- to Al Horford, easy bucket. So it is a product of the offense. That's that's a part of it. There is a part of it where I will agree with you that there are times, like, the, like for example, that Tobias three, that was a hot potato that Ben Simmons just threw in his hands. It's got to be a shot. Like you're, that, you're two feet away from the basket. Give me something. Give yeah. me a little hook shot. Give me something right. to the rim. So... I think he's getting better. I think he's recognizing, and this is another argument that Noah Levick has actually, he swayed me on. 
a lot of people say Ben Simmons gets all this space. He needs to shoot to, to get rid of that. So mm-hmm. people will stop doing that. And a lot of people say, oh, well, Giannis. Look at Giannis taking threes. Giannis is shooting like 31% for three. He's taking five a game, whatever. What is the way to guard Giannis? You're still, when the Sixers did it, Joel Embiid drops to the paint. Yeah. Go ahead. Force take a shoot. three. Yeah. So even though he's taking them, the defensive strategy has not changed. So even if Ben starts chucking up five a game, unless he's hitting like 40%, <laughs> teams aren't – because the better – the better defensive possession is to dare him to shoot. And that's not going to change because he takes a couple threes or he takes a couple mid-range shots, which are, by the way, an 18-footer is the most inefficient shot in all of basketball. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think what he's done, and it's smart, and I don't know if it's him, I don't know if it's Brett, I don't know where it's come from the last few games, but he's just been eating that space, making one move at the rim, and then getting to it. Um, I would like to see more of it down the stretch. I think that's a fair point. Right. Um, but I do think a, 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 it's a little bit a product of the offense and other guys. and, and Because he's in the matches. dunker spot be, and has to give room for those guys to work on the outside, uh, product of the offense. Because like, I thought that that pick and roll with Josh and him would be something we'd see more often after the success they had. They are running some – I mean, they are. They're, they I mean, are I mean, just, just as like a play, like, like the play that they run when they need a bucket – a pick and roll with those two. You know what I'm saying? I just thought it would be more prevalent well, down was, the stretch. It was Tobias. And it's, yeah. it's kind of like this. Um, Who's the hot hand type of thing? That, and also when you watch it, it's it's weird. It seems like it's Josh and Ben in the pick and roll, and then it's Tobias and Al in the pick and roll. I don't know what Brett sees where that's what he likes, but that's what he likes. Um, so I think down the stretch, it was Al and Tobias running the pick and roll, and Tobias, and again, Tobias cooking a little bit. Um so it I it depends on that too. And there's just there's a lot of factors. Um again though, it's not it's it's not an unfair point to bring up that he there are times where he's still passing up shots, but I do think he's getting better. It's just especially for the first couple quarters, he's just gotta make it translate to the fourth. And it's it's part of the progression. He's twenty three years old, he's figuring stuff out. I I would be more encouraged than discouraged by the last couple games from Ben Simmons. Dreams come into reach at Wilmington University. Wilm U helps working adults reach their career goals through accredited and affordable degrees and certificates to reach new heights in your field. Wilm U works. Find out why at Wilmu.edu. Are you frustrated or discouraged at all because you see these prolific smaller guards who are younger than Ben, Trey Young, um, Luca, guys who are getting it sooner, are, are being more for their team at a steadier clip? than what Ben does, particularly down the stretch. Does that bother you? Because you have a little envy of, man, if we had a John Morant, if we had... Listen, now, John... We can't even talk about John Morant? We can't talk about John Trey? No, That's here, not the same here, conversation? Here's why. No, oh, I'll, I'll okay. tell you why. Because I freaking stand that kid. I <laughs> love him so much. So you would... He is, like, my favorite... Honestly, like, my favorite player right now. Did you see his dunk the other night? Yo, did yeah. I... Just his, his, on somebody? His everything. Oh he's so good. Yeah. It is, like, I can't even put him... because struck is, a nerve. I think he's... No, you did, dude. He, I think this... And I said... You can ask Brian Brennan, who I sit next to every... Almost, you know, every day, at least every game day. He's got that awful I, bet. Love I, he does have yeah. that awful bet. I love John Morant and I loved him at Murray State. Mm-hmm. I and it was a controversial take at the time, and I still stand by it. I said I would have taken him over Zion because I loved him that much. I think he's that good. I think he is unlike any player. Like a lot, a lot of people have compared him to Russell Westbrook. He is a he's way more efficient 
than Russell Westbrook, yeah. a way better def- decision maker, and he's longer. And that change of pace, he oh, has that change of pace where Russ is so going a thousand miles an hour that all too. the time. Yep. Um, but sorry, but anyway, do you I feel envious as as a Sixers observer, knowing how the fans look at things? Obviously, they want the success that these other players are having for their team. Do you feel envious that they're not getting that same? Sandwich, so to speak, with Ben Simmons, particularly down the stretch. Well, those three guys you just named, including Jock, those guys you named, can any of them play defense? A serious, I mean, can not like Ben Simmons. Heck no. So it's you have to look at the totality of the skills, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, Luca and Trey are are much further along offensively than Ben Simmons is. There's no disputing that. Bar none. That's it. But defensively, he is so far ahead of all those other guys. Again, this is a guy we talk. I think he, if he's not first team defense, cancel the, the, the whole thing. Yeah, like, cancel the whole thing. Right? If he doesn't get it at this point. He leads the NBA in steals, and then on top of that, did you see that one possession he had on Dinwiddie last night in the yeah. fourth? He forced Dinwiddie into dribbling the ball off himself. Right. Like it was incredible. But I love how they complain to the ref after uh, play. Like, well, Dinwiddie, they, they, I, I like Dinwiddie a lot, but he complains about everything. Um, what are you complaining yeah, about? He's just one of those guys. But um, uh, but he gets calls, so maybe everyone else should start doing it. Um, maybe no, that's but, what Matisse needs to start doing sure, because they nickel and dime. The heck out they of him really or how about the one where ben's just getting over the screen and yes. dinwiddie leans into him three. to shoot the three that was bad and the refs called a foul on ben yep he, he's doing what you're supposed to do right. but uh, but no but so to answer your question i don't i don't if sixers fans are feeling that way they i just sh- feel like the, the team should. is constructed defensively in a way that you could have a guard like that who doesn't play prolific defense and you can make up for it. you can kind of hide him a little bit but at but the same time, you're, you lose something is what you're saying. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you have with Ben. So like, let's just say flat out like we're putting Luka Doncic on the Sixers with this skill set and you're taking Ben Simmons away. Yeah, like offensively, this thing would hum. With him mm-hmm. and Joel, oh my God. Like mm-hmm. it would be ridiculous. But you're going to lose a lot defensively. Mm-hmm. A lot. And I, come playoff time, that's the other Like we're looking at this. We're looking at this regular season. Mm-hmm. Do we know that Luka Doncic is going to be this guy in the postseason? We, we no, don't. No, Do we, we know Trey Young's not even going to make the postseason? Just like, John uh, Morant might actually make the postseason. Just like Lamar Jackson, uh, for a football reference. Just somebody I prolific. I Lamar Jackson, so let's not go there. But prolific in the no. regular season, not quite what <laughs> no, he should have been it, in the postseason. So that, that possibility is there because they have the neophyte, you know, not been around a long that's time a, like, thing. That's a, like, so for right now, and this, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to go there, but... Right now, I, with Ben Simmons, just defensively how good he is, it doesn't completely make up for the offensive deficiencies, Yeah, but it's it's there. It's a real factor that he is one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA right now. That's not something you can just brush off. Like sure. That's a legit thing. Right. And the fact that, like I said, he's he is figuring some things out, and, uh, you know, I... Right now, if you watch Ben Simmons and you are discouraged, I have I have nothing for you. You should be very encouraged by what you've seen recently. Running out of time here on the pod uh, because we do not have the room reserved for as long as we probably ha- should have. But um, are you concerned about Al Horford? Um, 33 minutes, 14 points, but a rough shooting night and his role and position continues to be... Defensively down the stretch, he was really good. Right. That's... You're gonna have this. I like I with this team. 
this is what it's going to this is probably what it's going to look like. They're going to play really good defense. They're going to lock and we talked about this. They're going to win playoff games like 94 to 92. It's just going to happen just because of the way they're designed and that's how that's what Elton Brand had in mind when he when he built this team. It looks ugly a lot like some games in the in the regular season. It looks ugly. And you know, they have two games in a row Indiana and Dallas where they couldn't score and it looked bad. But then you have a night like last night where they just, when you see what they do defensively and they get just enough shooting and just enough offense. And that's what it is about. So it's like shooting cures all, man. Golly. Legitimately, all they really needed in those, if if that, if the Furkan Korkmaz we saw last night that just like had just hit three big threes in the fourth quarter. Or if, if Mike Scott could hit a three. Right, or if, if James any, Ennis comes off the bench. Exactly. Or Thibel. If Matisse. Were, well, I, 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 he was better last night. but yeah. Well, I think he he's, seems to be a guy that needs to find his rhythm because he started off the season not so great from three. Sure. And now he's coming back from the injury and here he is trying to find his rhythm. He looked and, like himself. Last night. Well, really you saw good. the block and that yeah. three on the other end. I was like, that's him. Yeah. That's the guy. He, he looked legit. That's but, the guy. But it's just that's that's what they like. They just need that. Like if they had any of those guys get hot early in Indiana or Boston, they probably put one of those games away, if not both. Like it's yeah. just, it is. It's as as simple as dumb as it sounds. They just need somebody to hit shots. You mean fifteen of seventy from three won't win you any yeah, basketball no, no, games? It won't. Um, the Sixers back on the uh, back in the win column. They play Friday against Chicago. First part of a back to back. What are you expecting from practice? Because you're headed there now. Um, anything you're anticipating? Any updates? Weird. Any health? Oh, oh, Joel Embiid on the court last night. Yes. Worth mentioning. Uh, doing conditioning drills as well as shooting with his right hand. We got a good look at the contraption that's on his left hand. Um, glove or what have you. Um, yeah, it's like a it's a, it's like a splint kind of a thing that okay. he had that was like clearly like hard plastic. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean he was he was doing laps, he was taking shots. I mean he, you know he's he's keeping in shape, Danny. Well, it's funny after reading the players' Tribune article and then seeing him out there oh, doing that. You're all fired up. Aren't hey you? man, I just you're all fired up now. It, it just you gave us a glimpse into the who he is and how we it always was, thought about quitting basketball because yep. his brother died and you know what what it means to him, why he cried so much after that loss to the Raptors in the playoffs because he had so much, you know, pent up in him and pressure and, and pride pride and whatnot. But um, Sometimes it's good to I see him on the court. We forget that the, like, 25 years old, man. And, yeah. and like, what he went through, his brother, his brother was a kid and he yeah. was killed. Like, it's, that's horrible. It's such a thing that none of us could figure, like, you know what I mean? We, he's, that happens to his brother. He's in Philly. He's a, tw- he's 20 years old. He just got drafted in the NBA and then that happens to him. And he's, thousands of miles away and he can't be there like it's you can't like you can't possibly go into his mental state and then just you see that like you said that article displayed how much that truly affected him Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot and it's it it did show him a different side I wish honestly I wish at times he showed it more to to us Mm -hmm. so that we could portray it to the fans but it was cool that to that article in general was cool it did give you a little more uh, insight and respect Make sure you join us Sunday for our next podcast, Sixers Talk, coming your way after the Sixers play this uh, weekend, back-to-back Friday and Saturday. Uh, For Ben Barry, Paul Hudrick, I'm Danny Pomels. Thanks for listening. Sixers Talk brought to you by Wilmington University. Wilmington Works.